you ever see a, a local military recruiter walking around just like in uniform, like at fucking Lowe's or, you know, at a high school or something, it's called canvassing. It's what we in the biz call canvassing. And when I first got stationed here in Houston, before I became the uh, special warfare scout, I had to be a regular recruiter. Um, or as my name tag said, a talent scout, because studies have shown the term recruiter is too aggressive for this generation. And no, I'm not kidding. Um, that's just the way of the world. So I was out, I was out and about, uh, talent scouting, as it were, canvassing. And, uh, I was actually one of my local high schools here in the Houston area. And usually it's pretty, uh, nothing happens when you go to high schools, unless you kind of have like a rapport with somebody who's wanting to join or um in this case like the principal and the the faculty really like me just cuz I'm an entertaining dude I feel so they don't get the creepy uh sorry army creepy army vibes from the navy guy so I was walking around this high school and this kid approached me which never happens by the way if a kid approaches you at a high school they've been thinking about joining for forever they were just waiting for you to be there so that's not not very common but uh, this guy approached me uh he's about 17 18 probably he said he was a senior and he was like hey I really want to be uh, a Navy SEAL, which is what everybody says when they think about the Navy, because they just, I guess, want to be the best of the best. So they assume that's the Navy SEALs, according to all video games and movies. Um, so that's just what they know. So this kid approached me. He's like, hey, I really want to be a Navy SEAL. And much like uh, kids his age, he just didn't have the SEAL vibe to me. Very skinny, uh, very kind of awkward, long hair. But people can grow, you know what I mean? And who am I to turn down this man's dream? So I was like, absolutely. What can I do for you? So he asked me a few questions about this and that, and I was answering. I was like, hey, man, I actually have to go back to my office soon. So, oh, yeah, this kid was fucking, he was 17 because this whole story revolves around his dad. Um, I was like, yeah, you, uh, with you being 17, yeah, if you want to come back to the office, I can actually answer your questions like better than I am now because I'm kind of just going off the cuff. So um, the office is here. Uh, what time are you available? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll come right after school. I was like, cool. Um, but the only thing is, like, obviously you have to have a, a parent or guardian there because you're 17. So uh, make sure you bring your mom, dad, or whoever's like taking care of you, whatever. He's like, yeah, no problem. I'll, just, I'll bring my dad. I was like, cool. So I set an appointment, which is, again is rare for me because I was a terrible recruiter. And so I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for this kid to show up with his dad. And uh, nothing could have prepared me for the uh, insane thing that was just about to happen. And I tell this to uh, other recruiter buddies of mine, and they're kind of like, I've never had anything like that. Like I've had crazy encounters with some interesting people, but this definitely was the weirdest thing of all time. So I'm sitting in my office. Uh, a few hours have passed. Uh, his school should be letting out soon. It's about 30 minutes to the appointment time we had set. And I'm just kind of sitting there bragging to my chief that, hey, I got an appointment. And he doesn't give a fuck because I never get him numbers. So he doesn't like me anyway. But uh, he, chief ends up leaving. It's just me and the other recruiter there. She's a YN2. Uh, for those who don't speak military, she's a second class petty officer in the Navy. Uh, and she's a YN. She's a yeoman. She does uh, administration work. And uh, we're sitting there, we're kind of bullshitting, and then the kid walks in. And I'm like, awesome. Uh, I was like, I got your paperwork right here, uh, and where's your dad or guardian? Because I need to, you know, fucking have them sit here and go through it with you. And he's like, yeah, um, my dad, he's he's parking the car. I'm like, cool, no problem. So the kid has a seat, and he seems uh, even more nervous than when we first met. Like I said, this is kind of an awkward, you know, high schooler. So it, nerves are to be expected when you're talking to a fucking five foot eight white guy in North Shore Houston covered in tattoos. It's a weird, it's a weird circumstance for everybody. And so in walks this dad. And <laughs> so <laughs> I can't even, it's such a bizarre moment. So he walks in, this is still during like uh, COVID times. Um, 
which could have been any time the last three years, you know, pick or choose. And he walks in. He has a Houston Astros face mask on, a Houston Astros ball cap on, and a super ill-fitting, very tight Houston Astros uh, T-shirt on, and then just like jeans and shoes. And, you know, so I'm not Bruce Wayne level detective, but I was like, oh, this man is a Houston Astros fan. And so I went to shake his hand, and he legitimately gave me like a wet fish, like bleh, like just don't even touch me kind of thing. And I was like, oh, okay, what what is this? So he sits down across from me, and his kid's sitting next to him, and it's me behind my desk. And I'm like, so how can I help you guys today? And the more I look at this man and all of his Houstonian pride, he is visibly angry behind his mask and his like lower build hat, and he's like squinting because he's so mad. And he's like sweating. Like, granted, Texas is hot almost exclusively, but this man is sweating from anger. It is an anger sweat he has pouring off of his Texan face. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting a weird vibe here. Like, so how can I help you? And the dad just kind of like gasped me off again. He's like, oh no, I'm just I'm just here to listen, which happens sometimes. And I'm like, okay. Uh, so I hand what's called a blueprint sheet to the kid. Uh, blueprint sheet is literally your most basic information. I mean, your name, your age are you on drugs? Like, I mean, just the stuff that would get you disqualified from any other job. I mean, it doesn't go anywhere. It's just stuff for us to like, Hey, if we have to stop this interview because you don't qualify, this is the piece of paper that does that. It's a blueprinting sheet. I hand the kid the blueprinting sheet and I'm like, Hey man, could you fill this out? And the dad goes, Oh, so we're fucking filling stuff out already. Huh? Just signing our life away. And I was like, Oh my God. All right. Okay. So I put the paper away and I just kind of fold my hands. I'm like, how can I help you guys? And the kid wanted to speak, but then dad interrupted. And for the majority, uh, the majority, the entire meeting, uh, the kid never spoke again. His dad goes, I just think it's funny that my son wants to be a Marine sniper. And then after a five minute conversation with you, he's a Navy SEAL. How does this happen? And I was like, oh, um, first off, wild. What, What a wild accusation to say any of that. And I was like, no, sir, actually your son approached me and asked for more information. So that's kind of what we're here to do. Just get you more information. He's like, well, obviously I can't tell him what to do, but I can guarantee you he's not going to be no Navy SEAL. And I was like, okay, then we're done here, right? What are we doing here? And he's like, again, I just think it's funny that you're in his ear for three minutes and suddenly he's a Navy SEAL, doesn't want to be a Marine sniper anymore. So in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, this guy clearly has a uh, distrust of recruiters, which makes sense. I mean, a lot of recruiters are very distrustful people. So I'm kind of like, hey, again, sir, he approached me asking for information. If you don't want any information, I'll walk you to the Marine recruiter's office, which is right next door. Like, I really don't care. And then he just kind of sat there. And I'm like, okay, is this done? Are we done? And then he goes, I just want to let you know, I think the Navy's a fucking joke. And I'm like, well, low key, same. But I was like, oh, what a bold thing to say. And so while this is happening, this guy's ramping up his anger and then now attacking the Navy. Uh, Y and two Gonzalez, my fearless homie (laughs) across the way, uh, she gets up and leaves. She leaves and locks herself in the back room. (laughs) So now it is just myself, this insanely angry Astros fan and his now quiet shutdown son. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, cool. Thanks Gonzo for fucking leaving me high and dry. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, what, so what's the problem here? What are we doing? And he's like, you know, I just his cousins in the Navy and all I see is Snapchats from him fucking dressing up as a dinosaur and getting drunk and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. So in my mind, this guy gets snaps from his clearly immature fucking nephew. 
he doesn't like what he sees of the Navy, and he's like, uh, whatever. He's gauging his his judgment on an entire branch off of one, it sounds like, shitty person. So I'm like, okay, well, I can assure you that's not the norm. I mean, partying does happen in the military. It happens all the time, actually. But, I mean, that's not the way the Navy operates. I think you're getting just a small slice of it. He was like, I just want to let you know that this shit would not fly in the Marines. And I was like, oh, oh, this guy's a Marine vet. Oh, okay, obviously. So he's all like fucking... Ura Marine Corps and all that shit. So I'm like, okay. I was like, sir. I was like, oh, did you serve? And he's like, no. And I was like, then what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, I just want to let you know that this wouldn't fly in the Marines. And I was like, bro. And I like pointed to my cert. So my first eight years in the military, I was what's called Fleet Marine Force. I was with the Marine Corps. I mean, there's no other way to explain it. I was Navy, but I was embedded in the Marine Corps. And I was like, I think I know a little bit more about the Marine Corps than you do, considering you never served. And that's kind of exclusively all I did was serve with the Marines for almost 10 years. And he was like, no, he's like, no, that shit wouldn't fly. And then I was like, also, you clearly don't know what you're talking about because Marine barracks parties are some of those wild shit I've ever seen in my life. Borderline illegal and yeah, straight up illegal things happen at Marine Corps barracks parties, but we're not going to get into that. So now he's just, he's flustered. He's mad. He clearly doesn't want to be there. And I was like, all right, man, look, like clearly I don't, I don't fucking know what you want from me. I'm not going to apologize for fucking following up with your kid. Uh, if you don't want to be here, you can you can leave. And he's like, I just don't, I just, I just want to let you know that I think the Navy's a fucking joke. And I was like, well, thanks for that. But now at this point, I'm getting frustrated. I'm clearly not going to get a contact out of this kid, and I need you to leave my office. And he was just like, no, nah, no, nah, no, we're going to sit here. You, I want to hear your pitch. And I was like, you don't get to hear shit. So at this point, I am getting. Uh, this weird sense of Navy pride uh, that I'm kind of like, bro, you don't like the Navy. You're fucking looking at the Navy. I don't know. I'm never like that. But like this dude, first off, this dude was about five, five, probably about 160 pounds. I would have beat the piss out of him, but I'm not going to do that in front of his son. And you know what I mean? Anyway. Um, but so I'm swelling up with Navy pride out of nowhere. And this guy is fucking sweating and just being angry at me just for existing apparently. And so it gets to the point. I'm like, bro, you need to get out of here. I was like, Get out of here. Your son has my card. If you fucking calm down, then you can come back whenever you want. Um, but for right now, I'm going to need you to leave. And then he sat there. He didn't say anything. And then he stood up. And then I stood up. And we we're just kind of staring at each other awkwardly, like pro wrestling, just like staring at each other. And then he leaves. He storms out and he tries to slam the door behind him. And uh, it's one of those mechanical doors that are like heavy. So he tried to slam it for dramatic exit. And then it just went, eh. It didn't move. And it was just slowly closing. It was very funny. Um, so the door slowly closes on this angry man in our parking lot now. And I'm all, I'm all worked up. Cause I, I was like, I, I thought I was going to fight for a second. So I don't know what I'm doing. And then this kid is still sitting there. And at this point I'm starting to feel bad for the kid. Cause not only did he not get any information, he didn't get to speak. And clearly his dad is not the best person. And so in a sad turn of events, he actually stood up, pushed his chair in, pushed his dad's chair in. And shook my hand and was like, I'm sorry for that, sir. And I was like, no problem, man. Come back whenever you want. If you want some information, I'll be glad to help. Um, but yeah, th- I don't think we're going to get anything done today. He was understood. So he kind of saunters away. And I'm like feeling bad for him. I'm still all juiced up from almost fighting a man out of nowhere. And I'm just like fucking shadow boxing. I'm just standing there just being all kinds of confused with my emotions. And so I go into the back area. And uh, every major recruiting station that has all the branches in it has like a back area. We all like share a bathroom and stuff. And uh, so I go into the back area and I go into the Marines office and I'm just like, again, just punching the air. And uh, the gunny that works there, he's the most stereotypical gunnery sergeant you've ever seen in your life. 
just this super buff, bald black guy, and he's always like popping in and out of offices, just walking in circles and just grunting and making noise. And I go in there, I'm like, God, Gunny, what the fuck? He's like, what's going on? And I was like, man, this fucking crazy dude and his fucking dad and fucking, 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 and I'm just getting back to my Marine Corps roots, just saying fuck over and over. And so I kind of tell him what happened. He's like, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, I'd love for him to step in here. I do a failure to stop drill real quick to the chest, one to the head. And I was like, all right, Gunny, calm down. I'm not going to fucking, now you're talking about shooting somebody. This is fucking wild. So I, I kind of calmed down and he's like, uh, I don't know why Marine offices, most of them have like fucking inclined benches in there. He's like, you want to rip off some sets? And I was like, I'm good. Gonna, I just fucking need to relax. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to do some. So he starts pumping out fucking uh, reps on the inclined bench. And I'm like, God damn, this is fucking too much motivation here. So I uh, kind of saunter back into the, the Navy office. And I'm like, man, like what a fucking weird day. I almost fought this dude. And then after all this, uh, Petty Officer Gonzalez, my fearless compadre, comes out of the locked room in the back. She goes, is he gone? And I was like, yeah, he's gone. I was like, first off, thank you. Where'd you go? And she's like, I thought there was going to be a fight. So I locked myself back here. And I was like, oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? Like, first off, if there's going to be a fight, fucking hit him in the back of the head with a chair. Like, have my back. I would have your back. And she's like, well, yeah, yeah, I guess. I was just really scared. And I was like, oh my God. It's really good to see people in their fight or flight response in circumstances like that. But so, yeah, no, uh, that was like two months into the job and I almost had to fist fight uh, some random Astros fan just because he didn't like the Navy and he thinks we're all a bunch of drunk dinosaurs. So if anybody tells you to go recruiting, uh, you're going to have shit like that. And it's fucking terrible. Um, Yeah, moving on. Yeah, that's right. I'm experimenting with sounds. Uh, Fucking get over it. This is a <laughs> this is, I have no budget for this, so it's just just noises and my stupid voice. So you know what you signed up for. So when you become a Marine Corps martial arts instructor or MCMAP, if you want to get fancy about it, they uh, emphasize tie-ins. Now, what tie-ins are are kind of like short stories or like motivating phrases or speeches that kind of get your troops ready to continue training or feel motivated or what have you. And so there's a book out there called Tie-Ins for Life, written by Lieutenant Colonel Joseph Shushko. Now, if you don't know the legend of Lieutenant Colonel Shushko, he pretty much brought the MCMAP program to the Marine Corps. So all these uh, MCMAP instructors, uh, he's to blame for all of us. And so this book is full of kind of just like short stories and motivational quotes and stuff. And so what I want to do is I want to read one, and uh, that way you can sound intelligent at your next party or if you're trying to impress a date, or if you're trying to motivate your staff, or even yourself. This one has to do with stress. And it's called Stress in the Glass of Water. It begins. (laughs) (coughs) A lecturer, when explaining stress management to an audience, raised a glass of water and asked, How heavy is this glass of water? Answers called out ranged from 20 grams to 500 grams. The lecturer replied, The absolute weight does not matter. It depends on how long you try to hold it. If I hold this for one minute, that's not a problem. If I hold it for an hour, I'll have an ache in my right arm. If I hold it for a day, you'll have to call an ambulance. In each case, it's the same weight, but the longer I hold it, the heavier it becomes. He continued, And that's the way it is with stress management. If we carry all the burdens all the time, sooner or later, as the burden becomes increasingly heavy, we won't be able to carry on. As with this glass of water, you have to put it down for a while and let it rest before holding it again. So that way, when we are refreshed, we can carry on with the burden. So before you return home tonight, put the burden of work down. Do not carry it home. You can pick it up tomorrow. Whatever burdens you're carrying now, set them down and don't pick them up again until after you've rested for a while. 
So that's very, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's a very nice story. But then it gives a list of about 15 things that say, here are some great ways of dealing with the burdens of life. Number one, accept that on some days you're the pigeon and some days you're the statue. That's cute. <laughs> Number two, always keep your words soft and sweet just in case you have to eat them. I like that one. I might put that one to my email signature block. Number three, always read stuff that will make you look good if you die in the middle of it. <laughs> that's, that's why I always read comic books. Number four, drive carefully. It's not only cars that can be recalled by their maker. It's uh, <laughs> a little dark, but I like it. Number five, if you can't be kind, at least have the decency to be vague. I like that one. Number six, if you lend someone $20 and never see that person again, it was probably worth the money. Ooh, that's good. Oh, these are good. I like these. Number seven, it may be your sole purpose in life to simply be kind to others. That w- I, Honestly, um, I don't want to get too deep, uh, but I've always uh, kind of revered that as the meaning of life. The meaning of life is we're here to help one another. Uh, that's it. Okay, well, <laughs> that's a whole other episode right there. Number eight, never put both feet in your mouth at the same time because you won't have a leg to stand on. Number nine, the second mouse gets the cheese. Uh, eh, all right, uh, yeah, okay. Number ten, when everything's coming your way, you're in the wrong lane. I like that one. There's no, you know, success without sacrifice kind of stuff. Number eleven, birthdays are good for you. The more you have, the longer you live. That's that's pretty boomer. I I, I get it, but yeah. Number twelve. You may be the only person in the world, but you may also be the only... Uh, oh, my God. Let me fucking try that again. You may be the only... Oh, my fucking God. I swear I can read. Number 12. You may be the only one person in the world, but you may also be the world to one person. Boom. Got it out. Hated it. <laughs> Number 13. Some mistakes are too much fun to make only once. That's true. Number 14, we can learn a lot from crayons. Some are sharp, some are pretty, some are dull. Some have weird names, and they're all different colors, but they all have to live in the same box. Pretty pretty good one there. And number 15, a truly happy person is one who can enjoy the scenery on a detour. Oh, I like that one. That was good. Well, there you go. 15 beautiful quotes, uh, even one I couldn't read. Uh, properly the first time, but something to to write down and put on your fridge or in your mirror or whatever it is you people do. All right, I think I've uh, uh, annoyed all of you long enough, so let's go ahead and wrap it up. Stand by for the workout of the day. Is that funny? I don't I don't know if that's funny or not. I uh <laughs> I picked that to uh intro into the workout of the day, which is a thing I'm going to do probably every episode. Um 
yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm still fucking around with stuff. So anyway, uh, so what I want to do uh, with the show is another thing is promotes you know healthy activities like exercise. As I'm the Navy Special Warfare Scout here in Houston, so it's my job to literally design workout programs and uh, put kids through rigorous exercises to make sure they can get that Navy SEAL, Navy SWIC, EOD, Navy Diver, Air Rescue contract that they so desire. Um, so yeah, I, I chose the workout of the day today just because it's one I, I've done and I genuinely enjoy it. Uh, it's, uh, it's actually a hero wad, uh, named after U.S. Army First Sergeant Michael the Hammer Bordelin. Bordelin? I'm sorry if I messed up your name, First Sergeant. Uh, 37 to Morgan City, Louisiana, assigned to the 1st Battalion, 24th In- Infantry Regiment, 1st Brigade, 25th Infantry Division, based out of Fort Lewis, Washington. He passed away May 10th, 2005, from injuries sustained when a car bomb exploded near him in Mosul, Iraq, April 23rd, 2005. So, rest in peace, First Sergeant. Um, and the hammer workout is this. Uh, it says for time. I don't... I, I don't... I, I hate doing it for time because I feel like you sacrifice form if you're rushing yourself. So, obviously, if you want to do it for time, do it for time. But the way I did it is, you know, two-mile run to warm up. And then right into the workout and then cool down with either, uh, you know, an assault bike or a stretch or uh, something low impact kind of just like, you know, cool your body down. So the workout is as follows. Get those pen and papers ready. So five rounds. So five power cleans, 10 front squats, five jerks, 20 pull-ups. And then it says 90 seconds rest in between each round, but, you know, at your own pace. So the way I did it is I put 135 pounds on the bar. That way I can clean it, squat it, uh, jerk it up, (laughs) and then also knock out 20 pull-ups easily. So I wasn't changing weights the whole time, and it actually gave me a really good uh, back and shoulder workout. So the workout of the day is the Hero Wad Hammer. Five rounds, five power cleans, 10 front squats, five jerks, 20 pull-ups. All right, everyone, um, that's the inaugural episode. I appreciate you suffering through everything. And uh, again, I'm going to keep working with sound bites and different stuff. So uh, if you're annoyed by the music or the tone of my voice or anything, then I don't know why you're listening to a podcast where the main thing is the tone of my voice. So yeah, have a great weekend, everybody, and stand by for more. <laughs>